Crimes While Caffeinated contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Crimes While Caffeinated. I am Abby, one of your co-hosts. And I am Marissa, your other co-host, not Maria. Not Maria. Um, also, Abby, I feel like I can say this to you, but that is the gayest straw I have ever seen in my whole life. Thank you. I got it at a Pride event. Of course you did. Um, for the podcast listeners, she has a very large, thick rainbow straw. <laughs> yes. So all of my other reusable straws are dirty, dirty. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the last one I had left. But yes, this is a huge straw. Uh, the, the girth, the girth on the straw. It's, it's a girthy straw. Um, <laughs> shout out to Diet Coke for for making it. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Oh, there you go. not sponsored not sponsored but diet coke if you would like to throw us some money (laughs) we will gladly take it i'll pretend that you actually care about gay people because you gave me a gay straw okay Um. not throwing shade whatsoever i had a diet coke with my lunch today which was wonderful i got clam strips oh (laughs) I got clam strips, like, from an cl- actual clam strip place and not, like, Long John Silver's. Ew. Imagine getting clam strips from Long John Silver's. Ew. I, I have Ew. on multiple occasions. Marissa, no. I was a poor child and my mother was poor. <laughs> Do not judge me. It also was a part Taco Bell, so <laughs> just diarrhea all the way around. It was a half Long John Silver's, half Taco Bell. That's the worst combination I can think of. Ew, that's so gross. (laughs) Does Long John Silver's still exist? Yeah, it does. It's just more of a down south thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Because up here we got seafood aplenty. Yeah, well, my mom was, like, super excited when she saw this uh, Long John Silver-Taco Bell (laughs) combo. Because she was... I'm at the Taco Bell. I'm at the Combination Pizza Hut at Taco Bell. I'm at the Long John Silver's. I'm at the Taco Bell. I'm at the Combination Long John Silver's Taco Bell. (laughs) Um, And so she was super excited when I remember her seeing it for the first time because um, she went to college and lived with uh, her, like an aunt and uncle um, slash distant cousin. It's, I don't know, one of those like cousin, one cousin removed, whatever. but they lived in Florida, and so she was like, oh, my God, and she, like, got us Long John Silvers, and then they had hush puppies, and I had never had a hush puppy before, and she made us eat it, and I was like, these are not special. The first Sorry, time- that is an unpopular opinion, but they really weren't that great. Have you had authentic hush puppies, like, from, like, down south? Okay. I don't, I don't think so. It doesn't stick out in my memory, but the clam strips were fucking bomb. Okay, I had um legit hush puppies at this like really serious southern seafood restaurant in North Carolina. As opposed to a not serious. (laughs) You know it was legit it was authentic or whatever but it was in North Carolina and we had hush puppies and they um I was like nine or ten years old and 
them shits was so good i'm pretty sure that like they ordered it for the table and i ate most of them i love that for you <laughs> and then my mom yelled at me <laughs> hell yeah yeah but it was actually um, really nice we drove up uh we drove up the coast to gloucester and i just ate my clam strips today so it was really nice. nice it's like a little cold but like it's pretty nice for march today in in massachusetts yeah, the last couple of days in New York, it's been beautiful out. Um, but now we're dipping back into uh, the the finale of winter, the season finale of winter. Yeah, um, but I, and I was wearing like a skirt yesterday, fully knowing that it was going to be my one time in March that I could bust yeah. out like with my legs showing um, before at least the last snow of the season because I know that there will be another snowstorm before we leave winter and enter spring but tomorrow we get an hour back or lose an hour we go forward spring spring forward we spring forward forward. there you go there we go so I'm excited also happy one year anniversary from the pandemic being declared oh yeah Happy one year anniversary of that. That's crazy. Actually, I think it's a year ago for me. Wait, what's today? Is today the 13th? Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's exactly a year ago today for me that they closed all New York City public schools mm-hmm. and decided that they, didn't they were not coming we were gonna, back. That they didn't know when we were going to open back up again. And yeah. I remember I was sitting on the couch when I got the the announcement and I was so excited I was like fuck yeah extra spring break it's gonna be so fun we're gonna be off for like a month little did she know that she was going to be poor for a while (laughs) and and uh that month turned into a year so I you know I I really do think that a lot of us who are introverts were like yes we don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to make up fake excuses to go <laughs> or to yeah. not go. Um, but yeah, after a couple of weeks, the introverts were like, okay, we've been locked up for long enough. I think we're good to go. Yeah, I think everybody reached a breaking point and now we're at a year. So everybody's way beyond that breaking point. And we're, oh, all, yeah. we're all just doing our best. So mm-hmm. if you're still, if you're still kicking it, good for you. I mean, I, I hope so. Um, but I was also going to say I was interested the other day of when we stopped recording last year and it was like April 22nd was the last um, post from our, our first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we should do something special when we get to that point. <laughs> we make it past it. We, we throw like a, we throw a party. We should, we should throw a party for actually being able to commit to something for longer than <laughs> longer than a couple months yeah three of my fucking life <laughs> the, the miracle that I have a college degree because I love to quit things let alone a master's degree is impressive in my book it is impressive I'm proud of you thank you you as well what are you drinking today with my gay straw with your I'm- gay straw Sorry, I did burp. Uh, I am drinking. <clears throat> I have a new coffee creamer flavor to try out today. Ooh, okay. That I have already, I had just tried like a few minutes ago. Um, but 
in the realm of my fruity pebbles oh, in the no. wake of my fruity pebbles please tell me it's adventure. oreo this is cocoa pebbles so the taste of cereal and chocolate yeah okay so it's uh, a, it's much more suited for coffee than fruity pebbles yeah that would be my guess plus you have it cold so you went into it knowing what knowing you- to try it cold yeah Mm-hmm. I, I, I knew right away gotta try it cold so I have I have my cocoa pebbles in my cold brew and this is a um this is a pre-made cold brew that I bought which I've never bought pre-made cold brew before um, oh like a concentrate um it's not a concentrate it's just like you pour it into the cup and it's ready to go it's gotcha. from Ka- Kavita or something like that and it's a medium roast it's really good. I wasn't expecting to like it because I wasn't expecting to like pre-packaged cold brew, um, but I really I, like it. I'm usually a, a, a fan of it. I actually saw a TikTok the other day on like how to do your own Starbucks like cold foam by using um, pre-made cold brew. Oh, that's the other exciting announcement. Um, Dunkin' Donuts now has cold foam. Yes, yes. It, and they have the Irish cream cold foam, right? Well, not Irish cream cold foam, but they have Irish cream flavor. And, and then you can, foam. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have been getting coffee black with Irish cream syrup and cold foam on top. And it uh, is, the the cold foam is really sweet. So it adds like the perfect amount of sweetness, perfect amount of creaminess as it melts. I also heard that it comes from a can. <laughs> well, so here's what I was going to say. Um so the TikTok, sorry, as I babushka myself back again. Um, it's okay. Re-babushka yourself. I look like Mother Mary now. Um, so, <laughs> um, so the TikTok I was watching was basically saying, like, you take the cold brew, you put it in, and then you take, like, one of the frothers for your whipped coffee. Um, and you do like a little bit of creamer and then you put heavy whipping cream and that's how you make the, the cold foam. Hmm. So I assume the one that comes from Dunkin' Donuts is not made in house. No, it's probably, you're probably right. It probably is a can, but, um, I, I just saw a TikTok where someone got it and she was like, did you know the cold foam comes from a can? And I was like, Oh, I don't like that information. Well, I mean, condensed milk comes from a can, and that, they use that in um, true v- Vietnamese or Thai coffee. True, true. Also, have you ever tried the Charlie with cold foam? Um, I'm no. Honestly, there's something about a sponsored drink that makes me want to do everything but try that drink. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Nah. I know. Cassidy Cassidy got it and she said it's really good and she really likes it. It's probably, Um, I mean, I was going to say it's probably majority sugar, but that's pretty much all I consume anyways. Well, it had, no, I think it's, it's just coffee with caramel in it and then oat milk and then cold foam on top. And Cassidy drinks coffee with caramel in it already so it's it's already for her and then it just has cold foam on top I'm just not really an oat milk kind of person I I I prefer almond milk I love oat milk I prefer oat milk to almond milk oat milk is superior I'll fight you about it 
it's that's, creamy. That's totally, I mean, you don't <laughs> have to fight me on it. I mean, there's enough different variations of milk to go around. No, I want to fight you on it. Oh, right you want, you want to catch hands. You want to catch hands. I've got the claws, baby. So I just go for the eye. I've, I've got a ring that I can jab. Oh, oh shit. You got two rings. Wait. I've got a cat. I'll throw my cat at your face. Let me get another ring. <laughs> get your brass knuckles out. Um, yeah, anyways, let me just grab all my brass knuckles. Thank you so much for asking what I'm drinking. <laughs> what are you drinking, Marissa? I have um, a cookie dough ice. Co- oh my god, I hate you. A cookie dough iced coffee from the bagel shop again. Regular yes. sugar. Also, fun fact. The Bagel Shop is currently the one of the filming locations for Ben Affleck and George Clooney's new movie. That's amazing. Yeah, so they were they decorated it to look like Christmas, and then they brought in a whole bunch of like old cars and shit. And I was like, "Can I get my coffee?" <laughs> so, like last night, I guess um, my friend Erica, who um, she's going to be in our bonus episode for our Patreon listeners, um, make sure to shout ask- out to Becca Redfern for being our first uh, five dollar Patreon member. Shout out to Becca. Thank you so much for your support. We love you. We strongly um, appreciate it. I actually haven't sent the link to my mom yet. I was going to, I was, I forgot, but I was going to send it to my mom because I was like, my mom will be another $5. Your support. mom, your mom, like be like, mom, can you start paying me allowance <laughs> through page? Yeah. But a monthly $5 allowance. Yeah. Yes. A monthly $5 allowance. Um, but yeah, so Becca, uh, not Becca, uh, Erica drove by yesterday, Erica drove by yesterday and they had the whole shop closed and stuff. And all of the neighbors were like parked out on like the 60 degree weather and their little lawn chairs, like watching them film scenes inside the coffee shop. So did they, did they get a glimpse? Of- I, I believe so. I mean, what else would they be sitting there all directed at a coffee shop? Um, that's also a train station unless George Clooney and Ben Affleck were in it, but my, my favorite and most new England vibe is the pictures of Ben Affleck where he's walking in the street with his shorts and a winter jacket and his iced coffee in one hand. Like that is, and and he's got, Oh, I, I thought you were talking, I thought you were talking about him getting like the Dunkin' Donut door dashed and like, like fumbling (laughs) with all of the. That's like me getting out of my car after getting Dunkin' and groceries and shit, like just not having it. But yeah, so I had no idea until all of a sudden I was like, we go like every day so frequently that Erica, Erica walks in. She doesn't even have to walk up to the counter to tell them what her order is. They already are making her her order. Like that's how. And then, of course, they said my name the other day and I was like, oh, my God, I'm a somebody. (laughs) I'm a regular regular now so um but I also change my order so frequently because I like to try all the different flavors um so um but Erica's is a go-to cookie dough and she picked up my coffee today that's the cookie dough um as I burp um but yeah so it was it was really weird to like walk in and being like what is happening are they like doing maintenance on something like why do they have this car and then all of a sudden I was like dude I think this is a filming location for that movie because like they've been all around town um, mm-hmm. and people keep spotting them everywhere. Um, 
And uh, so, yeah. And then we walked inside and there was Christmas decorations up. And I was like, uh, this was not up yesterday. And then um, there were PAs that were like chilling in the coffee shop, like getting stuff ready. And then all yeah. of a sudden these two cars pulled in. So I took a picture of the two cars because um, that was the closest I was getting. Also, I was about to run late for an interview that I had to go to and assist with. So but yeah, that's my special news. Uh, and then I got, uh, yeah, but yeah, so that was, uh, fun, but I'm having cookie dough coffee from now a famous coffee shop that's going to be in a movie. So. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. So cool. Um, uh, I was going to say something and then I forgot. Oh, um, so this week, let's just jump into it. I guess this mm-hmm. week we're part two of the Cecil Hotel, the Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, Elisa Lam uh, docuseries from Netflix, episodes three and four. And guess who actually took notes this time? <laughs> I'm so proud of you. You still showed up late for this recording. <laughs> Baby but, <steps. laughs> uh, I watched both episodes and I took notes. I rewatched okay. both episodes. So Love that for you. <laughs> Um, and so I also want to make sure that while we started this, that I know last episode, we also talked about you and I having very different opinions. And I think that um, this is kind of where we're going to jump into it of, of what deciding factors that we have that either influence, influenced us to change our minds or... Um, even more reaffirmed our thoughts. Yes. So I felt like we're, we're going to get into it, but I'm going to say that I felt like overall the documentary um, kind of wrote away some of the details as mm-hmm. um, mental illness and didn't okay. like, like, I feel like feel like there's such a bias with mental illness in society that when you're looking into a missing person's investigation or and then a, a mysterious death then you find out that that person had mental illness and you already have zero evidence of anything you're going to go ahead you're like your own bias is going to go ahead and say well it's mental illness that caused your death and that's it you know okay anyway. yeah I I can understand where you're coming from with that but we will I think we'll do like a wrap-up discussion and thought process once we get through all of the facts and details at the end yes. um so yeah okay you want to start us off yeah, so um, we start off with uh, the fact that Elisa's body has just been discovered. Um, we have some of the investigators from the case talking about how she was found in the water tank um, naked. Her clothes were at the bottom of the tank. Um, the investigators basically say that her body is evidence um, and that they have to use her body to kind of figure out what happened to her, as, as sad as it sounds. <clears throat> So they removed her from the tank by draining the water tank. So they drained all the water out of it, then cut an opening um, in the water tank itself and removed her body that way. And then they also fingerprinted the area, but there was literally no um, evidence, there was no physical evidence that they could find. Yeah. Um, no, no evidence at the scene of anything other than her body and her clothes. Um, one of the investigators says that this case really sticks out to him as like one of the stranger cases that he's ever covered just because of where she ended up. Um, yeah. And you can go ahead with the next part. Okay. 
Um, yeah, so the question kind of turns into everyone asking, like, what actually happened here? Because um, this mm -hmm. is, like you said, a very strange case. No one was expecting her body to be found in the water tank, um, especially as we will go into later. We And we talked about in part one, like, the police had already checked the roof. So how yes. was her body not found? Um, February 20th, 2013, the body was found. We hear some like news report audio, um, you know, kind of dissecting the like, oh, her body was found in the water tank. Um, we get our good friend, Amy Price. Amy Price. Um, again, she was the hotel manager at the time of the incident. Um, she said that the entrance interest in the hotel went through the roof after the body was found. A lot of web people were involved. We see a lot of videos um, then of YouTube video uh, YouTubers being like, oh, like we're going and we're staying at the Cecil Hotel, blah, 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 blah. Um, one of them was um, Ryan and, oh my God, why am I totally blanking on that name? But they were originally from BuzzFeed. Yes, Shane, thank you. I don't know why I forget that name of all names. Um, but yes, so Ryan and Shane um, went and did an investigation through BuzzFeed um, for that. And I was like, guys. Uh, <laughs> but this also at the same time, like really muddies the water because there's a lot of, it almost feels like there's a lot of uh, pots in the kitchen. There's a lot of chefs in the kitchen. Everyone wants to be involved. Um, right. I wrote John Sabani shows up, the quote unquote crying guy who like was, is weirdly too invested. He yes. is too invested and I will get back to this. But I am sorry, John, if you were listening to this, but some of your behavior in this is really creepy on my, on, on, on my yeah. vibes that I'm getting. But he shares that he visited the hotel over 10 times. Yeah, it's it's very strange. Um, very obsessive behavior, in my yes. opinion. And everybody that comes to stay there wants to stay on the floor that she was staying on or in the room that she was staying. Um, they increase security in the hotel because of that, because people are filming in the hallways, filming the room. Uh, you see somebody get caught filming um, in a clip. He says there's security everywhere. However, one YouTuber talks about how he was able to get in and stay there for quite a while and he wasn't caught or questioned by anybody and he was actively filming with multiple other people yep um <clears throat> and this is where we get into uh they were kind of trying to in do their own investigation right so they were trying to investigate uh specifically the mystery of the elevator mm -hmm. they wanted to figure out what floor she was staying on and they wanted to figure out or not what floor she's staying on what floor she was on in that elevator video and why the elevator door was open for so long mm -hmm. there was theories that it could be somebody holding open the um the door open button on the elevator um, but as you see in the video, she pushes a lot of buttons at once. She pushes a lot of buttons in that middle row. Um, and, and including that she ends up pressing from what we can see from the film footage and kind of the dissection of another YouTuber mm -hmm. that she is very likely to have pressed the door hold button, which explains right. the door being hold open for an extended period of time. So they show the YouTuber in the in the actual elevator and he shows that she and he touches the door hold button and they set a timer and the timer uh, 
like it, they time how long the door stays open and it's two minutes, which is how long it stays open in that video. Um, they also figure out through that that she was on the 14th floor. So she was one floor below the roof when she was found. And they figured out this because if you press, if you're pressing all of the buttons of the floor that you're, that you're looking to go on, but if you press the button of the floor that you are on, the light will go off because you're already there. And so the 14th um, floor light had been pressed and then immediately turned off after she had pressed it. So um, and there's only 15 floors in the building. Right. Correct? So, yes. So in the elevator, in the end of the elevator video, she turns left and she goes down that hallway. Um, the investigators, uh, well, the YouTubers go in that same direction where she went. And when you go down that hallway to the left, there's a window at the end of the hallway. And that window leads out to the fire escape. And this is where we kind of get into figuring out how she got up onto the roof. Um, yeah. And anyone can access this, which also like looking at it, they were saying like the, it's basically like if you climb out the window and if you're not as scared of heights and you are capable of climbing a ladder, then you have access to the roof through that window. There's nothing that's stopping that window from bring, being open. And a lot of people, and it comes up later as well of like why why is it easily accessible to get to the roof? But the purpose is a fire escape is for in case of an emergency, someone being able to get out of a floor on fire and get to safety, which, you know, this is exactly what the purpose of that is for, which obviously, like, this is a sad reality that she was able to get up onto the roof or someone was able to get up onto the roof with her. Um, not trying to throw anyone else's uh, thoughts and theories off, um, but um, and why they wouldn't have it locked up and prevented from going up uh, through the fire escape. Right. And they also had um, the police had dogs that were tracking her scent and the dogs had alerted to the window. Um, not the window on the 14th floor, but the one on her floor on the, the fifth floor where she was staying. And that could mean that she had gone out of that window and climbed up. Um, like they say, it's it's essentially just like a staircase that leads to a ladder. It's not. It's a little bit scary if you're afraid of heights, but it's not impossible to get up there on your own. <clears throat> okay. Um, and so um, we also um, we also have an interior staircase um, within the building that leads up to the roof. There is a door, it says, you know, employees only. It has an alarmed door that, you know, triggers an alarm. But our, our boy, John Sabani, um, said that he had no problem opening the door with no alarm. But also, I'm my thought process is that I'm thinking multiple things. One thing is that maybe it's a silent alarm where it only alerts the person at the front desk, that there might mm -hmm. be somebody going up onto the roof, um, or two, not to be that way, but helping to manage a building. Not all of our doors are alarmed all the time. And sometimes yeah. people think that they've alarmed the door when they've really unalarmed the door. So either yes. way, it wouldn't have surprised me. Also, somebody working at the hotel um, 
could have seen the alarm go off and just shut it back off thinking, I don't want to deal with this right now. If somebody's mm -hmm. trying to get up onto the roof, I really don't care because they have a million other things to deal with. And um, from the sounds of what the YouTubers describe and the people who got to go up on the roof, there was evidence that people were had been up there. So there was like pizza boxes, cigarette butts, mm -hmm. um, all that stuff. And that suggests that it was pretty easy to go to the roof. There's graffiti. Mm -hmm. um, one female, actually, one of the YouTubers said that like a few years after this all, she, the security guard opened the door for them. So clearly there's not really that many obstacles, maybe like right after everything, but yeah. you know, any, any, um, any place is going to lax up after an incident, like years down the line. Right. And, and um, our girl, Amy Price, <laughs> says, says that she firmly believes that Elise used the fire escape. And she insists that that alarm is live and uh, at all times, and it triggers an alarm in the lobby uh, to go off and that they would not just leave the alarm going, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and Santiago Lopez, the maintenance worker also reiterates that's security and maintenance workers are the only ones who have access to the keys for the doors. Right. And that is part of the reason also why the police were suspecting, potentially suspecting hotel staff. Mm -hmm. um, but they couldn't find any evidence um, or any indication that there was any hotel staff that could have or would have had the opportunity to um, do something with her and bring her up there. Yep. <clears throat> Um, so investigators are still trying to figure out any evidence they can. Um, they're trying to find anything, any kind of clues as to what happened. So they start to retrace Eliza's steps in the few days before her death. They see um, uh, footage for, of her in the lobby where there's a man who hands her a box. Um, and she carries the box inside and, and goes up to her room. And they find that box among her possessions, which leads them to the last bookstore, which was, as we know, was the last place that she went to in L.A. before she died. She was buying books. She was talking to the employees there, saying she was concerned about um, the weight of the books she was buying in regards to her traveling. And they, conf they confirmed that that person was uh, helping her carry the books back to the hotel and there was nothing strange or suspicious about it. Yeah. And I was even thinking like she probably had them put it in a box and bring it to her so that she could ship it home. Yeah, even potentially that, um, which also, again, leads me to question why, like this detail leads me to question um, that they were so convinced of her being in a psychotic state because if very shortly before her death she was buying books and having a normal conversation with people at the bookstore like that doesn't sound like somebody in a psychotic state and she's talking about her travel plans she's she's clearly not suicidal because she's planning to finish her her trip um mm -hmm. so there isn't really that element there that you can necessarily see um you know just like I feel like if she was in some kind of psychosis or state of paranoia, it might, it would have been apparent to the people working at the bookstore. It would have been apparent to people in the bookstore, but they said it was a completely normal interaction. Um, I mean, I also think that, you know, I, I was going to say, we, we find out later on that, like, 
I, you know, I'm going to wait until we get to that point. I'm not going to ruin anything anyways. Um, <laughs> cause I do want to, I would do want to point things out, but I want it to be like a straightforward narrative. Um, yeah. so yeah. since this, um, since the side of possible leads had run out, um, police had to turn back to the public tips, which obviously creates more issues <laughs> rather than, um, solves anything. Um, so the web sleuths kind of take on, you know, that responsibility again of like, we're going to solve it. How'd she get in the tank? Um, so all of my notes, I put all the web sleuth comments as WS. Um, so one of the things was they were looking at the fact that there was the metal hatch on top of the water tower. It weighed roughly 20 pounds. Um, and a lot of people started to have the question of, you know, if she went in herself, why did she go in there? Maybe was she on drugs? Um, but yeah. we kind of turned back to, and luckily because of how detailed Elisa was with her online um, diary through Tumblr, um, we know that she didn't drink and uh, she didn't do any drugs. Um, and, but it's also at the same time, like it's not crazy to assume that maybe like being off on your own for the first time, being 21, that like, Maybe you're influenced. Maybe you, you know, take something that you don't realize is laced with something. Um, right. So it wouldn't be surprising, but we know that she's still struggling with depression. Uh, with her depression, she has bipolar, um, which we find out later on is um, bipolar one, which is a much more serious, um, much more with uh um, episodes of delusion and can also include some psychiatric symptoms. Um, so she had highs and lows, um, and some right. assume that she must be suicidal due to her mental illness. And at one point she does say like, I want to kill myself in one of her like Tumblr posts, but not to be that way. But as somebody speaking, someone from my own personal mental health issues, like, I think anyone who has a mental illness at one point or another, whether serious or not serious, have had those thoughts, especially when they're exhausted from the consistent everyday battle that they have to have with their own body chemistry. Um, Absolutely. So, I, I mean, she's also 21. Like, she might not have meant it in the same way that we perceive it now knowing with hindsight of what happened, but, um, but yeah, I mean, anyone who has serious mental illness is every, you know, once in a while going to have an episode where they're like, oh my God, I can't keep doing this. This like, is just not okay. Um, right. which obviously like get help. Um, if you're having those thoughts, um, checking in with yourself and whatnot. Um, and, and you can call many hotlines. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just need to make sure I can't cover my bases. I'm not saying we, this happens we, all the time. We can <laughs> give out that information at the, at the end. end. Yeah. But yeah, they, they talk about her mental illness being a contributing factor. And they talk about how, um, you know, it, the jumping into the water tank could have been a suicide attempt, which it would be a very strange method for suicide. But, but again, also... Why, if you were killing yourself, would you remove all your clothes? Yeah. Why would you get naked and then jump in or, or jump in and then get naked or whatever? However, it happened. Um, just a very strange, there's very strange details and strange cir circumstances that lead yes. you, to, that lead kind of everybody at the time to believe that this can't just be, um, 
some sort of accident and that there yes. has to be some foul play involved in this. And, and I think that the biggest pinpointer that people had, and I think biggest motivator is the next piece of information, which I will let you share, because I think that this is something that we've talked about when we've discussed this case before. Um, what is that? Hold on. Let me. The, <laughs> the lid being closed. Oh, yes. So hold on, let me get to your notes because mine are different from yours. Here, I'll hi highlight where I am. Okay. So they show some news footage where a police officer says, I believe that the lid was closed when police came up to uh, view the body. Um, so then that that leads a lot of people to believe, okay, well, then she had to have been killed. Um, and we have the internet sleuths going on about um, she was probably killed and placed in the water tank. Um, her, her, her clothes were off. Maybe she was thrown in the water tank and then her clothes were thrown in after her. Mm -hmm. um, she, there's, because of the fact that she was naked when she was found, there's the... Um, there's the possibility that there was a sexual assault component. Mm -hmm. um, but it's mostly the, a lot of people point to the fact that because the lid is 20 pounds and because she's already in the tank, right. that because of the level of the water, she wouldn't have had the leverage she needed to be able to hoist herself up and move the lid to cover herself. So right. there must be somebody else involved to have closed the lid. Right. Um, and the web sleuths are kind of looking at potential suspects. Um, they think that, you know, the hotel didn't want to take blame in her death. Um, the hotel was trying to cover it up. And so they were protecting if somebody was, you know, suspicious, they were, the hotel was like protecting them to kind of avoid being involved in the case or in uh, avoid like the level of involvement that they had in the case. Um, <clears throat> Which at the same time, not to be that way, but based on some of the companies that like, especially during our cancel culture, that if there, if there is an employee, the company normally just throws them under the bus. Like, it's like, we don't take responsibility for this person. True. But if you're thinking about the fact that they were trying to rebrand their reputation yeah. at the hotel, um, if it came out that a employee had murdered someone or and that they had hired that person, yeah. Yeah, or had been involved in a suspicious death, it would have looked it would not have looked good for the hotel's reputation. And they were in the process of trying to rebrand themselves and trying to get people um to view them in a different light. So I think it's entirely possible that the hotel was trying to cover up some of the details or mm. um, they were trying to prevent themselves from being mm. implicated in the case. Um, I think that's a definite possibility. I, I don't have any faith in um, businesses to uh, be- In humanity, you mean humanity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't have any faith in businesses to um, care about uh, people. You know, they care about themselves. So, yeah. <laughs> sponsor us, Diet Coke. Sponsor us. Fuck you, Don't sponsor us. <laughs> and that's how we get sponsors. Thank you so much. Don't forget to, to become Patreon because we will not be getting sponsors anytime fucking soon. I won't say fuck you if you subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> I love you. I take it um, back. 
I love you, Rebecca. And <laughs> uh, okay. Um, um, females were also very often victims, especially on Skid Row. They went missing a lot every day. And the violence typically when people were having episodes, sadly, were directed at females. Um, and a lot of people think that women were kidnapped and put into the sex um uh the sex this, trafficking thank you sex trafficking um um sex work was also very big in the area at the time because it was well at the time it, it still is it has been um sex work was is just a again an, another way for um people to survive another another job that people might do to survive we talked about that in the ripper um mm -hmm. And then they kind of go into a little bit of the history of, uh, again, more history of the Cecil, history of Skid Row, and history of uh, the violence, violence that, towards that women. Yeah. yeah. So we go back to 1991, where we have a man named Jack Underweger, who is an Austrian reporter who checks into the hotel. He says he's looking into um, the red light district and how the police handle um, sex work in the area. He interviewed police officers. He went on drive-alongs with the police, where at, and uh, turned out that he was actually a rapist murderer. Um, he was a serial killer who had been convicted of crimes in Austria. And uh, he had been killing sex. He had been killing sex workers um, as well in Austria. Yeah, primarily. And then um, when the police were kind of about to catch him in Austria, he went to the U.S. And um, so the murder stopped in Austria and picked right back up again in L.A. And he killed three sex workers. He strangled them with their own bras. And he but used he he used this special knot, which is just like. It drives me crazy to think that there are people in this world who like can do something like this, where he used a special knot on their bras to tighten the bra until he felt satisfaction from them choking mm -hmm. um, and then would release the knot so that they would come to again and then continue the process over and over and over again until he finally decided to continue asphyxiation. So the piece of shit was also not doing this, but he had the gall of reporting the fucking murders he was doing on these women. Yep. Like, he was a crime reporter, but he was doing the crimes. It was like a Dexter, like, weird shit, like, vendetta thing. And yeah. he, there's a special place in fucking hell for him. And Drip. I'm so mad. Drip. Drip. Don't rest in peace, bitch. Don't fucking rest in peace, you piece of garbage. Um. So yeah, it was. Oh, you can catch these hands, Abby, with all of her rings on her hands. <laughs> I took them all off. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're fucked. <laughs> oh shit. Uh. So yeah, the 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 Cecil was where Jack Underweger was staying, and it was the perfect location for him to be able to go out and scope for uh his prey, basically scope for women to prey on and kill and um this had been a common occurrence like the cecil hotel had been obviously we know the location of it it's right near the red light district so it's very common for people to pick up sex workers and bring them back to the cecil hotel again cheap place to stay um 
you pay a few bucks and then you get to have a private room with somebody. So, <clears throat> and, and as we know, no one is going to fucking report on you because. Right. And anything that looks suspicious, nobody's going to say shit because there's everything is suspicious there already. Yeah. So it wouldn't be like, so, so they say that that means it wouldn't be surprising for Elisa to encounter um, a bad situation, to encounter somebody who could take advantage of her um, or prey upon her as well. Um, mm -hmm. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be completely uncommon, knowing yeah. the people that liked to stay at that hotel. Mm -hmm. uh, February 21st, 2013. This is uh, two days after the discovery of her body. We get introduced to Jason Tover. Or I don't like this guy. Oh, the medical examiner? You don't like him? I don't him? like this guy. Okay. I well, disagree. With this. I okay. disagree. Okay, okay, okay. We're going to get into it, but we're going to get into it by very passionate feelings. Rewatching it, I'm listening to the things he's saying, and I understand the science behind what he's saying, but at the same time, I'm like, you d Okay, well, let me get through the information, and because I, I have feelings just as much as you do, and I know <laughs> that my opinion on the case is the complete opposite of you. So I'm very interested in having almost like a debate at the end of like what your thoughts and feelings are. So let me get through the, the preliminary information and we'll okay. work through it. Okay. Um, I'm going to question everything he says. So. Okay. I thought no. you were going to be like, I'm going to question everything that you say. You no. Bitch. And I'm like, okay, fine. No, I'm questioning <laughs> everything that this, the, the medical examiner Okay. Said. Okay. So we meet the medical examiner for the Lisa Lamb case that uh, Abby's got hands ready for. Important to identify the time of death. Um, they also. <laughs> I dropped my phone. Good. The <laughs> Catch these hands as I fumble with my hands. Catch my um, phone. Um. Okay. So. Uh, the clothing that was found at the bottom of the tank matched the clothing that can be seen in the elevator footage. Mm -hmm. um, so one can assume that it happened the same day um, that the film footage was taken. Yep. Um, there was moderate levels of decomp with being submerged in water. Um, that, so they don't say this in it, but based on my knowledge of the body is probably really bloated by this point in time mm -hmm. um and this is where I get into the fact that he's saying oh well there was no evidence uh yada 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 um so <laughs> so the temperature of the water in the tank because the tank is a metal tank it does sit outside the building though LA does typically have warm weather but this is in February so you can imagine it's probably roughly like what like high 60s um low 70s i'm assuming i could be wrong i don't live in la anyways <laughs> the temperature of water um and exposure um to the tank um can alter the you know the the decomp process because if it's cold enough if, if it's warm enough it does different things to the body um so it's very hard to determine how long she had quote unquote been in there and when her time of death occurred and yeah, so the fact that she was completely submerged in water, water affects the rate of decomposition. It affects how bodies decompose. Um, it also washes away evidence. So that's the thing is that we that, you know, 
you and I have learned from many, many a crime that we have researched and, and not committed. <laughs> um, many a crime that we have committed. Um, no, many a crime that has that we've looked at. Um, one of the best ways to get rid of evidence on a body is to throw it in a body of water, um, especially like a larger body of water. And I mean, this water is constantly being used. Right. I have issues with the fact that they drained all the water, didn't test anything in the water for... Um, okay, I was going to say that. That kind <laughs> of... I was like, did they strain the no. water? Did they test the water? It literally looked like they poked a hole in it and they were like, guess we're going to wait for the water to come out. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And I'm that I find that extremely bizarre that they wouldn't try to test the water because you have an isolated container. We've watched stuff. Bones. We know how it's done. Get it together. <laughs> I was do better. Do better. Like if this was Bones, they would insist that the that all of the water from that water tank would be taken back. And then just- right before they were about to solve the case, they would pull out a tiny little <laughs> like air yes like this is it no but that's what i'm saying like they didn't it sounds like they just drained all that water didn't test it didn't keep it didn't didn't hold on to it and water washes away evidence and we know that so it really bothers me that this medical examiner is so nonchalant yes and so confident in his answers that he, I, I get that he's trying to defend himself because people were very critical of him when the autopsy was released. I'm and I get that. Sure, I people get, are critical to this day about it. I mean, as we're arguing about it. Yeah. And I get <laughs> it. But again, like the state of decomposition she was in, the fact that she was submerged in water would. He says there's no evidence one way or another. So when he goes on to say that there was no foam or water like stuff found in, in her lungs, lungs, that that he's like that is sometimes found when, in a case of drowning, but it doesn't necessarily mean that she didn't drown if that wasn't found. So that again leads me to say like there's bruising on the body that can that can occur during stages of decomposition um during bloat and and decay and all that there's uh it can appear to be bruising on the body Mm. and what i read years ago was that there was bruising on the body and that the medical examiner dismissed bruising uh it was bruising around her genital area that couldn't could have indicated sexual assault and what i read and this is this is i did this years ago i read Uh this years ago that there was bruising around that area that could have suggested sexual assault but the medical examiner wrote that off as saying that is just part of that is just because of decomposition so again you can't say one way or the other it was an accidental death or it was an intentional fit like you can't say one way or the other because there's no evidence that proves one way or the other yeah. so for him to then definitively conclude that it was an accidental drowning i feel is not completely correct mm-hmm. i feel like he shouldn't i feel like he should have determined it an undetermined cause of death because yeah. There wasn't evidence of drowning. There wasn't evidence of injury, but there wasn't evidence that she, like, there wasn't evidence against any of that. You, there was, you know, it's it's kind of funny that you mentioned this because last weekend, after uh, last weekend, I watched the like murder amongst the Mormons. 
Mm-hmm. And with, ooh, as it sounds like I broke my chair, but I did not. Um, I, I, hit, <laughs> I hit Leo's scratch tower. Um, but so in it, they actually have this um, gentleman who shares that he looks at forgery details and mm-hmm. looks at, um, you know, if someone hands him a book and says, we believe this is real. He looks at the item as the opposite. So he's like, I'm going to do everything I can to prove that this is a forgery. Right. Versus, you know, if they're like, we think this is a forgery, he's going to do everything he can to, to prove that it's real mm-hmm. because he's trying not to be swayed by the bias of the investigators. So it, it, it would make more sense to be like, okay, they think this is homicide. Let me prove that this is an accident. Or they think this is an accident. Let me prove that this is homicide. Um, and I do think that like, it's really hard when you do like, you, you can't say like there is no evidence to prove either way by not examining all the evidence properly, including the water, but also yeah. understanding like her body was in there for 19 days. There's going yes. to be evidence that's going to, like you said, have been washed away. And it's strange. It's a weird occurrence. There are few and far between circumstances where a person's body is found in such a strange state. Yeah. um, Leaving a lot of questions. If Um, they had found her sooner, if they had found her sooner, then this would be a case closed and not a giant mystery. Yes. Um, A giant question mark. Or at least it probably wouldn't have gone the same way, right? We probably wouldn't be here talking about it now if they had found her body two or three days later and they were able to definitively um conclude what happened to her because the evidence was still fresh and um you know her body hadn't been in a in not advanced decay but moderate moderate state of decomposition i mean Um, if they had all the answers they wouldn't have had to release the footage to the public and then cause even more issues um, it just but- <laughs> it just infuriates me. It just infuriates me. I totally understand. Like, I just feel like you should like for him to write her mental illness as a contributing factor. And and you know what? Like I said, we're gonna get to that once we yeah. get through all of this because I also have thoughts about that as well. So, um, based on what he shares with us and not what Abby believes, uh, there was no evidence of sexual assault or internal injury. Right. I can't, I can't laugh while I'm saying that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, could she have accidentally gotten to the tank is one of the questions. He says that, as Abby pointed out, looking at the lungs, there was no water in the lungs, but just because that wasn't found doesn't mean that it didn't occur, which I think is weird because drowning is not being able to breathe in water right and thus water would get into the lungs but again well he says like foam he he doesn't say water he says foam would appear in the lungs and around the mouth well yeah kind of like aspirating so then you're choking and coughing it back up and all that um so i don't know anyways was someone else there it's hard to tell And he said that they needed to wait for the toxicology report to come back as there was no definitive physical proof at that time that they could prove either way. Um, And that he said that he did not want to rush anything because there was a lot on the line. Um, And that's kind of when we jump into the web sleuths, uh, as Abby appears to have been one of them. Um, 
<laughs> I was. I for sure was at the time. Um, so, okay. With the web sleuths, they are questioning everything, of course, as I am questioning everything still, and saying, um, you know, why was it taking so long for the, the autopsy to be released? Why is why does the LAPD have evidence that they're not sharing with the public? Why are they not coming forward with this? Um, they also they also point out that the LAPD had searched the roof. Why didn't they find her when they searched the roof with dogs with scent dogs? Um, how did they not pick up her scent on the roof? <clears throat> then we get into the conspiracies of the LAPD is trying to cover something up. They're working with the hotel. Can I just really quickly point something out? I'm sorry. It's just it's always so funny. But if you look, ooh, it's really hard to do it via. If you look behind me, uh-huh. you can see Leo's little ears popping. <laughs> oh, I do. I do see them, Leo. He's cleaning himself. Probably Hi, licking, he's probably licking his butthole currently. Oh my but. God, that's so cute. That's so precious. <laughs> Sorry, but every time I keep looking behind me, I just see his like little ears popping up from the little thing. And I'm like... So then... <laughs> So then we get into the idea of what they call synchronicities, which are like coincidences, things that things that like are too similar that it just doesn't make sense that it's just a random coincidence. Do you want to do the dark water one or do you want me to do the dark water? Because I really want to yeah. talk. Okay. You oh, okay. No. The dark water one. We talk about dark water. Oh, okay. You want to talk about TV? I'll talk about TV. Okay. That one's a very exciting one. Okay. So here are two gigantic similarities where a lot of people are like, there's no way that this isn't like some weird conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. First off, there was a movie movie that came out called Dark Waters. It originally came out in Japan. Oh, and there's Leo. He's up. Ah! (laughs) um, So it was a Japanese movie, came out in 2003, and then they remade it in 2005 in America because that was the early 2000s was the age of taking other countries' movies and making it our own. Um, So the movie itself was about a mom and Abby, are you taking a selfie? (laughs) I'm taking a picture of you and I to put it on the the CWC Insta. Wait. I gotta cut this out. (laughs) Um, So again, Dark Waters, 2003 Japanese movie, and then 2005, it is reintroduced and redone in America. It um, is a movie, it's a horror movie about this mother and her, oh, oh, Leo's here. Oh, uh, oh, hello. Uh, Okay, bye. Um, Anyways. (laughs) <laughs> you just completely missed him climbing my back. No, I did see that. I wish I had taken a picture of that. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. Okay, so I'm going to restart. Cleo! <laughs> okay, so Dark Water. My butthole. My okay. Um, I, I, we're getting very distracted today. Partly, I am, I am drinking a pre-workout throughout this episode, so... This episode is going to be three hours long. So, um, Dark Water, the movie. Go, Marissa. Okay, Dark Waters, the movie. It was a 2003 Japanese movie, um, and then it was uh, redone in America in 2005. Sorry for listeners. Uh, Leo was putting his, like, nose in my mouth. I'm going to try to get a picture of him. Red red jacket. Um, 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 okay. So the premise of the movie. Do you want me to say it instead? I could say it instead. Why don't you just why don't you just have your mental breakdown there with Leo and I'll just <laughs> He just keeps putting his butt all in my face. Yes. Okay, so Dark Water, the 2003 Japanese movie that was remade in 2005. Um so it was made 10 in Japan 10 years before Lisa Lamb's death. Features a mother and a daughter moving into a dilapidated apartment building because they don't have a lot of money. And there's a lot of similarities um, in the, the shitty rundown hotel to the Cecil. You also see creepy, there's creepy um, footage in the elevator. Um, there's, yeah, there's like creepy scenes with the elevator. Um, the, daughter is wearing a red jacket in the movie which is similar to the red jacket that elisa was wearing the daughter also in the end of the movie spoiler alert ends up dying by climbing into he has settled and he's good um the daughter dies by climbing up into the water tank where the door is open and it's supposed to be closed and she falls in um there's also scenes in that movie where the water is brown and like there's there's like nasty water coming out of the sinks which is an experience that people who were at the Cecil at the time had um after Elisa Lamb's death so it's super weird people think maybe somebody could have been trying to recreate the movie um somebody could have been trying to recreate the movie in real life um you know could have been a copycat or just some kind of weird coincidence and then we get into tuberculosis. So why don't you go take it away with tuberculosis, Marissa? <laughs> you go, Leo. Leo. Um, so so um, a lot of people started to wonder about um, is was Elisa Lamb um, this strange almost bioweapon used through the government um, for the spread of TB because she arrived and i think two days after she went missing um you know the cdc called the cecil and mentioned to them that you know they needed their population to be tested for tuberculosis because it was very high amongst the homeless population which makes sense as we know because you know they're clustered together they're mm -hmm. you know they don't have the best hygiene because the because they don't have access to yeah, it because they don't have access to it they um, don't have access to proper hygiene there's also people struggling with addiction who might be sharing needles, needles. Or, mm -hmm. or using dirty needles um, yeah. um so it's it's not unheard of for that to be an issue um, but the thing is that a lot of people are like okay this happens like right after elisa arrives um it's also weird because of the fact that the exam or test that one has to take to test for tuberculosis is and we're not kidding is called the lamb elisa test and yes. it has the exact same spelling so it's her last name first and then her first name um and so a lot of people are like was the u.s government like did they give this to her Mm -hmm. have her spread it and then killed her because she knew too much. 
Um, yeah. So, as, so that okay. I'm going to go ahead and comment on that really way out of, <laughs> but it's, that's a conspiracy that I couldn't get, get into. No, but we do have to admit like, that's fucking weird that that's the name of the test, but also it's who knows? So Maybe. And did you mention the, the, co- the school that she went to? No. And so that was my, that was my next thing was that yeah. the college that she was going to at the time is well known for TV research. Mm-hmm. So there's so, that. And then the other weird coincidence, which I was, I didn't want to be like, did somebody go and hack the system and like, yeah, the zip code, but so the last super weird. Yeah. Yeah. The last bookstore, the zip code for the mailing address that they have on their website if you pick, take the zip code and you drop it into Google Maps, it will show you um, the pinpoint will be in Canada and the pinpoint specifically, if you like keep zooming into it, happens to be on top of the cemetery where Elisa Lamb is now buried, mm-hmm. which so, I'm like, I, I really think someone hacked that. Yeah, I feel like someone w- would have hacked that as well. Um, it's super strange. It's a weird coincidence. Um Another theory that people are diving into is the possibility that there was paranormal involvement, that there was a haunting, that she was possessed, that uh, a demon told her to go jump in the water tank, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Which also, just quick shout out, Abby and I, after we finish filming this episode, are going to be doing a uh, Crimes While Caffeinated After Dark with uh, each other, Anna, and then my friend Erica, um, yeah. watching the Zach Baggins on Discovery Plus uh, Haunted Hotel of the Cecil. Um, or as um, that's why we drink would call him, Zach Bagel Bites. Yes, or Zach Bagel Bites. Um, <laughs> so we don't need to get blocked by him. Um, <laughs> I would love to get blocked by Zach Bagel Bites. Th- that's fine. I'm um, going to tweet him right now, block me, daddy. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to keep going. Um, so it, a lot of people were saying that the Cecil must be cursed or haunted um, just based on all of the the Cecil really being a target or not a target, but a magnet for negative and violent behaviors. Um, So a lot of people thought that maybe it was cursed or haunted and that maybe she had been possessed by a ghost the whole time. Um, And honestly, like it would be really easy for us to say that the hotel is haunted. And um, one of the talking heads kind of mentions it that like, It'd be easy to say that it's haunted by spirits, but there is something about walking into a space where there's been a lot of pain and suffering over the years that it, it almost feels haunting to walk into it. Um, and so the web sleuths really, you know, have this issue where there's two camps of them. There's the conspiracy theory, and then there's the deep divers who really want the truth of what's happening. Um, so they start looking for a murder basically to start pinning it on. Cause they're like, okay, they're, if the police aren't going to do their job, we're going to do their job for them. So let's start getting suspects. Um, and this is kind of when morbid, the musician kind of hops in. Um, he is a death metal, um, and artist, and he is obsessed with death and violence. Um, his video that he uploads, um, he originally uploads a video of him at the Cecil Hotel, which sparks the interest that people have in maybe he's responsible for it. 
Um, and one of the videos that he actually uploads, Ted Bundy's in the back and Elizabeth Short is also in pictures behind him. For anyone who doesn't know, Elizabeth Short is also known as the Black Dahlia. And she is suspected to be, have last been seen at the Cecil Hotel before her body was found completely cut in half um, right through her torso um, with a creepy grin smile left on her face. Um, and in some of his song lyric videos that he has, he says, I'm taking China. And a lot of people start to put connections together with you know, when he posts certain videos, the, the concept of the, the videos that he's talking about being um, the, the connections being that it, it's chasing a young girl to her death and then brutally murdering her. And so we're kind of left with this, well, who is this person and what does he have what story does he play in the murder of Elisa Lamb? That being the end of episode three. I'm a hot mess. Hello. Um, I can happily report that the pre-workout has kicked in. Oh, excellent. So you're hyped. You're ready to go. Beast mode. <clears throat> okay. I've never understood um, pre-workout. It's basically... It's Basically, Don't explain it to me. It's basically cocaine in a powder form that you mix in your water um, to get you just like buzzing. Oh, okay. Um, and okay. welcome to episode four. <laughs> and welcome to, and, and now we're going to start off with episode four of the uh, Cecil Hotel. So and the final episode of the. The, the final episode. So we're going to finish it off here. And we're going to try to be quick because we've been talking for too long already. <laughs> And this is going to be a three-hour three episode. I um, might have to chop it up. Anyways, so we have just met Morbid, um, the black metal um, musician. His, mm -hmm. That's his stage name. Um, he expresses that uh, Morbid is like his unconscious secret side, kind of like the, the dark side. His yeah, evil twin. You know what I mean? Like if you have like a, an alter ego, like that would be yeah. his person. And he like gets to do whatever he wants as that person. It's his performance persona, just like Lady Gaga, when she started, had a really huge uh, persona that she embodied for her, for her music, you know? Yeah, it's, or like Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like so many other musical artists. Um, yeah, you know? But not, not everybody likes to, in their normal time, bite off a bat's head. But his, his... Um, his persona was very dark, obviously. And very um, frightening to people and easy to kind of point as being like, well, he, he's capable of doing and thinking up all these horrible things. So what's really stopping him from actually, you know, crossing that line between fantasy and reality? Right. And he says, um, he says, like a uh, quote from him is like, sometimes I take it too far, meaning with his persona and his performance, sometimes he gets a little too over Into the top. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he does a lot of things with fake blood. I assume fake blood. I hope. Yes, fake blood. <laughs> um, <laughs> but because of this, because of this persona that he has on the internet, people start, the web sleuths start to 
pinpoint him in the murder of Elisa. And he's getting hundreds of messages a day mm -hmm. uh, of people threatening him or accusing him, asking him if he did it. And he responds with a really creepy video where he is he's wearing a mask over his whole face so you can't see his face uh -huh. his voice is altered it's like dark outside and he's like hi this is morbid i didn't do it i'm innocent yes, he's really not helping his, his situation but his his, no. his real name is pablo cabara um and the thing is is that as he kind of you know explains like because of the death threats and all of these things that he suddenly was getting like you know, his persona, he, he wears contacts. He wears like manipulative, um, like FX makeup and stuff right. that hides his identity. So of course he's going to hide his real face because he doesn't want people to actually be coming after him. Um, and also maybe he want he, so he alters his voice and he puts a mask over his face and he does it dark out so that no one can tell where he is. No one can tell who he is and no one right. can like, pick up on who like any any distinguishing factors um which of course right. at the same time look really fucking creepy and like it, don't it's help for it his own protection it's for his protection that he's doing this but mm -hmm. it just comes across really creepy considering that he's being accused of murder <laughs> um so uh at this point we go back to the autopsy um it's complete but it's not being shared with the public. They say that they're waiting on more tests to come back. Um, they're waiting on the toxicology, which finally comes in. And then no drugs or alcohol are found in her system. Um, the only thing that was found in her system was her medication. However, the level of her medication was low. So that indicated to them that she had not been taking her medication for a while, um, or she had gone off her meds recently. And as we know, uh, it's very common for people with bipolar disorder to go off their meds, especially if you're in a state of mania, because you're feeling good. And so you think, well, I'm feeling great. Why do I need to take this medicine if I feel good? Yep. Um, it's very, very common. And, and I was also going to say, like, even someone who, like, I, I'm not diagnosed as bipolar, um, but even as someone who's, like, depressed and has anxiety, like, especially when I'm traveling, it's very hard because you no longer have that routine right. basis to remind yourself to be taking your meds. Yes, I have no, I have several alarms on my phone to be like, hey, bitch, did you take, take your meds? <laughs> um, and there's still times where it just, it, it's, it's something that I keep reminding myself to do and then completely forget to do it. And I only take one medication. I'm not taking four medications like she is. Right. And that's what they learned is that, so she was taking four medications. They also look into her Tumblr posts to understand where her mental state was leading up to her trip. And she was kind of feeling um, unhappy with her diagnosis, unhappy, and I think lonely. Mm. There was a sense of like people, like she can't find people that can relate to her in her real life. So she's turning to the internet trying to find people that can relate to her, you know? Um, and that's why she was posting so much on her Tumblr. Uh, but, you know, the treatment the treatment for her diagnosis was medication, and she was not, she was struggling with the fact that she had to take four medications a day. She was taking a mood stabilizer, uh, antidepressants, some other, it was all, it was all, um, 
psychiatric medication. And she wanted to use this trip as a way to show her level of independence almost. Mm -hmm. So like if she could do this, then she was just like everybody else. And I think that there's been several times where like I myself or even you, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth, but there has been a lot of times where I'm like, how do normal people function? Because like, this is unbearable. And especially Mm -hmm. if like, you're not on the right medication um, and you're not taking the prescription, not taking care of yourself in all like holistic forms of the way Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're going to be struggling and, and being mad at the people you see around you being like, well, why is it that I have to deal with this? Like, Mm -hmm. it is not fair that I have to wake up every day and take all of these medications because my chemical body is imbalanced. But, you know, this person walking down the street next to me is just having a final freaking day with no worry in the world. Right. And, and she's a young college student. Um, I don't know how many close friends she had, but she probably didn't see um, a lot of representation of people going through the some like any anything similar you know she has a a sister who's close to her age her sister probably and she probably had that that envy of her sister like who is presumably neurotypical I'm not sure but um she there was probably that envy of like my sister can do this and be successful and all this why can't I so Mm -hmm. she wanted to go on this trip to California to kind of show that she could be independent to show that she could that she could travel on her own. She could do this. And um, then she stopped taking her meds. And that's what led to a potential uh, severe manic episode that she was experiencing. So when they are looking into her last days in LA, uh, they find that the investigators find that she went to the taping of a TV show. They don't say what TV show. I'm really interested in what TV show. I guess Jimmy Kimmel. That's my guess. Um, (laughs) See, I was thinking of something like, I I don't know. I thought like Ellen. No, because Ellen, you have to, it's not free, is it? Is it free? It is free? Oh, Mm. I I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Not important. So she she went to some um, recording of a TV show and she had written like this really long rambling letter to the host. She had been insisting that that the uh it be given the letter be given to the host security was kind of creeped out by that they were like this is unusual behavior so they asked her to leave and they escorted her off the premises um that this is when they also talk about um the two she was living she was staying with two other females that she didn't know in the room they had complained about her behavior and our girl amy price reveals for the first time that uh what she had been doing was writing notes and leaving them on her roommates beds saying things like go away go home she was also locking the other girls out of the room asking for a password when they were trying to come back in so she was experiencing that indicates she was experiencing some level of paranoia Mm um and could have very well been in some kind of manic episode um so they moved her to her own private room the night before she was supposed to check out and later that day later that evening she had gone down to the lobby and had uh amy price describes it in a really weird way she's like oh she does this move i don't know what that's supposed to mean but she does some kind of like (laughs) 
she makes a little bit of a scene in the lobby and says something along the lines of i'm crazy but so is la um and it was strange behavior but they didn't think of it uh they didn't think of it necessarily as like something to call the police over because I she mean, wasn't on the scale of things that have fucking happened at the Cecil hotel right. that's minimal right it's not it's not um i mean i turned to the girl at lush like a couple of months ago that erica can do- totally uh reaffirm and she goes what are okay. you looking for and i said a will to live <laughs> marissa She said she was at Lush and the, the, the worker at Lush asked her what she was looking for and she said a will to live. I have dark humor, I saw. The other the other day, Anna and our roommate asked Anna, like, oh, how was your day? And Anna was like, depressing. <laughs> so So I'm just saying that like, yes, is it's weird, but also Oh, I'm sure I fucking have done something just as fucking weird. Right, exactly. So <laughs> we've all had our moments. I've a lot more, a few and far between, a lot more often than I'd like to say. I mean, listen, like in college, like oh, in you college, used to say weird shit all the fucking time. Well, and not only that, but like I used to cry and have panic attacks in public. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Like think about all the times that we had these like think about all the times that you had a mental breakdown in college and you were in not a, a private place and you were just having a mental breakdown <laughs> like so the dining hall hallways of classrooms right like, classrooms <laughs> right exactly we, we've we've all had those moments so it's not something they're gonna like call the police over our because listeners it's, are gonna be like no it's just you two crazy bitches <laughs> fuck. no um she's not at risk necessarily to she's not indicating that she's at risk of harming anybody else she's not at indicating that she's at risk of harming herself she's just behaving a little erratically which is not unusual i'm sure that i'm sure they see a lot of unusual erratic behavior considering that they um have a pop there's the homeless population there which as we know you know the a lot of the homeless population is people struggling with mental illness Mm -hmm. and they aren't getting the help they need they aren't getting medication that they need and so they might behave erratically as well um or they might be on substances and behave erratically as well so this is not unusual it's not unusual behavior um for the cecil yep and then they kind of also um go into looking at the conditions of getting her body into the tank so we start to now think to ourselves like okay Imagine I'm carrying Abby's body up, uh, <laughs> up to put her into a tank. Is it likely that I'm going to smack Abby's head on something in the process of carrying her up a ladder and then putting her into the tank? Very likely. I will have dropped her multiple times. There will be bruising. They're not, right. they're not, there will be blood. There will be bruising. Right. <laughs> so there, there could be, and the water tank that she was found in, you have to kind of like squeeze between the other water tanks, like step over some pipes, all this other weirds, and then climb up a ladder to get up. So like, could somebody have been capable of climbing 
like get squeezing through there with her body and climbing up there with her body. Maybe, but again, I don't think that you could do it without hitting their head. Yeah, because she was some other part of them. She was small. She she was skinny and small, but she wasn't. uh, But she was still like a you know human size. She wasn't like. (laughs) Yeah, parents all the time accidentally whack their kids' heads off stuff. (laughs) I'm just saying. Like, I, you know. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> and another random thought from Marissa. Anyways, so um, they were also saying, again, pin- pinpointing that drowned people also typically float um, face down, um, but with the different pressure changes from the suction of emptying and then filling the tank, it's very possible that this motion could have flipped her so that she was facing up instead of down um yes so she could have flipped because she was she was found facing up um but her body could have flipped uh at some point when the water tank level in the water tank were constantly changing so her body could have flipped with um water draining and being Mm -hmm. put in the tank um Yep. It's entirely possible. So we get another, uh, like, car. Or, or what? it's entirely possible that she was face up the whole time because she was killed. Okay. You know. <laughs> Anyways, just some they say They say it's a possibility that she hey, could have hey, Not that it definitely happened. Don't be yelling at me. Don't be yelling at I'm me. Not, no, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just saying this You're is why I... are talking very loudly into the microphone. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I'll calm down. I'm just saying this is why I, I'm questioning the, the medical examiner talking You're about... You're questioning what, everything, Abby. Let's this is a possibility, for. Et cetera, et cetera. Anything um, is a possibility. Anything so. is a possibility. Um, never Can't say never. Justin Bieber. <laughs> Uh, four months since her death, uh, June 21st, 2013, the results of the autopsy are released with accidental drowning due uh, with influence from mental illness being a part of it. Um, Web Sleuth refused to accept this decision. Also, Abby, why was she at, uh, why was she naked if she wasn't sexually assaulted or threatened or like it also is very possible. Like maybe she was threatened with a gun and like told to get into the tank like that's still you know, foul play in some aspects. Um, But the manner of death on the paperwork also shows that there was the decision was changed from being an undetermined death and then exited, X'd out and then written accidental death. Um, And it looks like it's a couple days separating from each other of when that first initial decision was made and then changed on the original paperwork. Uh, And many people have requested the police report but no one has ever been granted permission. And thus this also continues to reaffirm the, the people believing in conspiracies. Mm-hmm. So then we go back to our guy, our friend Morbid. Um, I do which, feel really bad for Morbid. You, you wrote a different last name for him in here than, than the first last name. I think Vergara is his last name. It is his Not, last name. It is. You wrote I, Cabrera or something. Sorry. No, um, no, right. no, it's okay. It's no. okay. I think Vergara is his last name. It Pablo is. Vergara. It so, is. I, was tr- I was trying to type really fast and I was like, I think this is what I heard. It's um, okay. So he was, um, he describes finding out that he was like a suspect. Um, he says he got a f- message from a friend um, and show uh, w- with a link to a Taiwanese video where they're talking about Elisa Lam's 
uh, death and they also talk about how it could have been him and they show his picture in the video and they're talking about this and now he's getting hundreds of messages death threats accusations and the uh he lives in mexico and mm -hmm. the fbi of mexico shows up at his door and starts questioning him asking him were you involved in any animal sacrifices yada 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 um have you ever done any of these crimes <laughs> i love that that was like the question he mentions like yeah <laughs> i was like uh i didn't even know that that was on the table but sure Right. And he, so he had stayed in the Cecil Hotel before, but it wasn't at the time where Lisa. Yeah, it was it a wasn't whole during. year prior. So he had been staying a year before. Um, and actually during the time, during the time of her disappearance, he was recording uh, an album. So he has record of that. He was not in LA at the time of her death. He was in Mexico. And, um, he was never formally charged. He was cleared as a suspect, obviously, because um, he had an alibi. And like they, you know, he says his his art and his lyrics don't make him a killer. Um, mm. He he was wanting to defend himself, obviously, because if you're being accused of a really serious crime, you do want to defend yourself. And that's when he. Um, but he was feeling paranoid about people finding him or hurting him, so he changed his voice and wore that mask. Can you hear that music? That's a car on the street. There's a car wow. on the street driving by with really loud music. My God. I thought that I play my music loud. No, people in New York are crazy about that. Um, well, like, I don't know. I've noticed a lot like drivers with all their windows down and the music as loud as possible I guess that happens everywhere but I mean college students definitely do that they just have their doors shut while they're doing that right but anyways his accounts were anyway. reported and the internet sleuths like weren't letting go yep. so death threats continued he felt like there was no escape and this led to him attempting suicide um so he woke up after his attempt in a psych ward um and had had He's felt that he's lost his freedom of, to express even to this day. He's been unable to make music due to this. And he's also very angry because he's like, people aren't taking responsibility for the harm that they do to other people, mm -hmm. accusing them, which we did have that moment when we talked about it in, you know, Don't Fuck With Cats, when we reviewed that, that there was someone that they accused of being the, the cat murderer at, at that point in time. And though he was trying to drum up attention, like, because he was lonely and felt like he needed some, some form of attention, even if it was negative, it still led to him harming himself. And no one right. has, because it's online bullying and manipulation, no one can fully take responsibility for that. Um, and so, you know, he's like, they said all these things. They did all these things. They took my music away from me and I've never been apologized to from them. And they just get to live their lives as if nothing happened. And I have to continue to live with what they've done to me for the rest of my life, um, right. which is honestly just super, super sad. Yeah. Um, they then transition on to talking about how um, investigators talked to Elisa Lamb's sister. Oh, geez, my baby. Um, <laughs> that she. Yeah, so they say that her family initially had not been as 
um, forthcoming about her mental illness um, when they were first investigating. And then later they learned from her sister that she had a history of going off of her meds, which as we've said, common for people with bipolar disorder. Um, and uh, she had history of having delusions, uh, visual and auditory hallucinations, um, you know, some psychotic. So she had bipolar one with psychotic features, which Marissa and I both have had friends and family members um, that have uh, bipolar. And we've seen how serious it can get when somebody stops taking their medication or when somebody's in the throes of a manic episode mm -hmm. um, or if somebody's in uh, any kind of psychosis or experiencing something like that. And we know how, you know, obviously we don't know firsthand how that feels, but I can't imagine it feels, uh, I, I can only imagine it feels very scary when you're in that, when you're yeah. in the throes. Of that. I, so the, from my experience, the friends and family members that I know have bipolar too. So they don't have bipolar one specifically. So mm -hmm. I've never really seen those psychotic features. Um, but I've seen more of the high, low manic risk-taking behaviors. Um, so. right. And I have seen, uh, psychosis and psychotic features in um, family members of mine. So um, based on this evidence, they believe that she might have been having an episode of psychosis or she might have been having experiencing some kind um, a really intense manic episode where she believed someone was chasing her, um, which is a belief she'd had before. And she had actually been hospitalized in the past due to um, uh, psychotic episodes. So they know that she has had this paranoia and this psychosis beforehand, um, and they suspect maybe she was looking for a place to hide, and so she got in the water tank um, because she thought she was being chased or followed by somebody. When you see her in the elevator, she does look very distressed. She does appear that she's looking for somebody. She might believe somebody is following her. She might be lo looking to run away from somebody or finding a place to hide. Mm -hmm. um, they think that the reason why her clothes could have been off would have been either because the clothes were weighing her down and she couldn't like tread water for very long or because she was starting to experience hypothermia and when you're in the stage of hypothermia you start to feel hot instead of cold and so you'll take your clothes off um there for the uh, so when i was talking about the the autopsy report there had been the change there had been the changing of it from undetermined to accidental. Um, mm -hmm. We get re not reintroduced, but we we see the um, Abby's favorite person in this whole um, documentary series, the medical examiner, um, and he expresses that uh, the dating on it um, had actually been human error. And if you look closely at the handwriting, which I I did agree with, um, it looks yeah. like it was the same date. So someone had accidentally put down. Um, undetermined and then um, it was quickly written down error because um, people are human and um, I I agree mm -hmm. with I I do understand and I do agree with that 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 the because I I also know as for my profession if I'm writing something and I make an error I'm not supposed to just scribble it out mm -hmm. I'm supposed to put a line through it initial it date it yep. um, and then correct it so I do know that that is what you're supposed to do when you make it when you make an error 
Okay. And it and I do see that it says the same. Uh, I'm waiting the for the but. Date. No. But. <laughs> um, no, but I'm saying like. But like that is the process that you're supposed to go through, even if yes. it's the same day error. You have to identify that, you know, this is an error that you accept it's an error and that you are correcting this error for cases like this. Exactly. Yes. So, um, and the, the 15 and the 18, they do look the five, the, the eight does look like a five on one of them, but I can see that they both look like an eight. So it, yeah, it could have been, it could have been an error. It could have been human error. Um, or it could have been that he was under a lot of pressure to mm-hmm. give a more determined answer. Yeah, he he could have been under a lot of pressure to give a, a more concrete answer than undetermined, mm-hmm. because un, because as we know, at the time the web sleuths were all over the place and questioning everything, and there was a lot of pressure on on the medical examiner. There was a lot of pressure on the police, so it could have been that he made the decision that. Or, or somebody told him or pressured him to change his, his conclusion. Yeah. Because I think an undetermined cause of death is a reasonable conclusion in this, in this mm. case. But not, not, but not saying... for a lot of the, the people surrounding the case. Right. They want, I do agree that like, it, it is very likely that people were like, we just want an open, closed, shut case. Like yeah. we don't need all of the answers, but we need to like, let people know and, and we, I did mention this later on, like, you have friends and family of this person, like, forget about the web sleuths, forget yeah. about the police, like, you have loved ones who are trying to get through the mourning process, and they can't do that until they know that foul play wasn't involved. Right. And I know, I know that her family, um, her family does not like that people ha- um, are obsessed with it. They don't like that people are obsessed with it. They don't like that there's a million um, conspiracy theories surrounding her death. They don't like that it's an internet phenomenon. They don't like that that is how she's immortalized. Um, yes. And they've never spoken. Her family has never publicly spoken about this. Uh, so which I can't tell you that they're a very private family, right? Which which tells you that they're very private, and they're probably they probably have had to go through a really extreme grieving process, a really hard process of grief dealing with that loss that's really intense and you want to help get bring justice and give this family answers mm-hmm. and I'm sure that they were I mean we as we learn later you know they do file a wrongful death lawsuit against the hotel um, but they do agree with the the medical examiner's cause of death as accidental um, so they mm-hmm. do agree that that is the cause of death and I don't think that I don't think that it's impossible that it, that it's an accident. I just think that there's too many what ifs to to completely say it's an accident definitively. Um, and that's that's where where I and that's where what I believe. And I I also feel like the the fact that she was mentally ill uh, created somewhat of a a bias in this case but I I I, I, I couldn't be wrong I'm yeah. not 
I, I don't want to come, I don't want this to come across as me being disrespectful to um, her family or disrespectful mm. or, or me being like questioning. and. Yeah, I think you can still share your opinions without being disrespectful. Yeah, because I firm, because I firmly do believe that, that, you know, she deserves, um, as a victim, she deserves, and she deserves, uh, they deserve uh, the family deserves an answer and if that's a, the answer that the family is content with then that's okay um okay. i'm just saying that i'm just saying that based on all of this and based on what this forensic pathologist says i just don't fully believe that you can definitively conclusively mark it as an accidental cause of death okay um so people uh also bring up concern over the video code um stamp at the bottom as we said before it appears mm -hmm. to be manipulated in some way um blocking out specific details but as we know um especially like the importance of you know like the night stalker case and the ripper that there are details that need to be withheld from the public um, you know, to make sure that the case is sound in case it ever goes to court with, um, you know, uh, a specific uh, person that they're prosecuting. So mm -hmm. they are going to withhold the time and date. Um, the police confirmed that the hotel had nothing to do with the editing of it. Um, they also said that they, you know, they're really upset that there was an oversight by the LAPD for not checking the tanks and that they missed her. And as Abby said, like they could have figured out what happened much faster. But as I had mentioned in the previous episode, when you have only 14 people checking th this very, very large building, when you get to the yeah. end of it, sadly, those errors are going to happen. They're human beings. They're not going to check every nook and cranny, the, the more repetitive that they get through it because their brains aren't, right. aren't focusing on the task at hand the same way. And right. I do think that it would have made a very big difference if they had divided the search up into two days instead of one day. But besides the point. Um, and so also, you know, the, the police said, like, we figured out what happened, but the answer hurts for a lot of people, which, mm -hmm. um, you know, it is something that it's a hard pill to swallow for anyone, for someone young to die. Um, yeah. And we get so enticed by the case. And oftentimes people uh, forget about, like I said, the, the friends and families that are affected by this, by cases getting dragged out. Um, as Abby said, a wrongful death lawsuit was raised um, they, by her family, by her family um, against the hotel. And they pointed out that the risk for the water tank the water tank should have been locked. It should not have been open to the public in any sort of way. Um, right. And so, and then also, especially the risk being like, I also find this is very strange because I definitely think that this was a time where a lot of people know about like water tanks should always be locked because right. it's always <laughs> an error for contamination. Um, whether or not like a bird gets into it and dies, like it should be exactly, locked. Yeah. And Amy Price is like, back then they didn't lock water tanks. Now people are locking them now. I'm like, Amy Price, I know. that's a bullshit answer. And you fucking know it. I know. It, it is and water that they're Price consuming. To be like, oh, back in the day of 2013, we didn't know that you needed to wa lock your water tanks. Bullshit. That's okay, cool. maybe back in the 1920s, Amy, but not now. Right, exactly. Like, this is the fucking 21st century. Yeah, like, come on. That you should lock shit. 
there's water standards. You all not also not to be that way, but they have a very high homeless population and it is very common for people to crawl inside of spaces to keep warm like dumpsters where that there are issues that arise like that all the time. So saying that something isn't that like, oh, people didn't do it back then is, is a cop-out answer in my opinion. Right. And um, there's also like, they've had a lot of suicides at that hotel. Mm -hmm. So for them to not fully protect, um, for them to, for it to be easy to access the roof, to access the water tanks is um, a risk in itself that puts the hotel in a position where they could be deemed liable for some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. However, in court, uh, the judge rules with, uh, on the on the side of the hotel, and there's mm-hmm. no wrongful. It's it's not determined that the hotel is responsible for her death. Yeah. Um, but during the trial, the maintenance worker who found her body actually reports that the lid of the water tank was found open. So that is a huge deal because this whole time we've been thinking it's closed, and how could she have closed it behind her? Um, but this this maintenance worker. In court. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's under oath and mm-hmm. he says it's open it's found open so then they go into it could have been it could have been an accident in you know uh um again back to human error with that police officer saying uh that the, the lid was found closed and here's my thing i i literally was watching it and erica was in my apartment and i was clapping my hands and i was like this is what happens when there's not clear communication because right. he went in front of the news and no right. one had made sure that the details were correct. He said, I believe that it was found shut. Yeah. And him saying, I believed should have uh, like been like, okay, well he could be wrong, but and he wasn't media- one of the officers that was there. Yeah. So he, he doesn't so, know for sure. So the media and- rolled with it and that, yeah. that, encouraged a lot of issues because I know that when I went into this I was like well the lid was the lid was shut the lid was shut that was a defining factor that sticks out in my head when it comes to the Lisa Lamb case was the the lid was shut how did she get in there with the lid being shut so for that to not be clear communication that someone through the the police department said it is our belief that at this time, based on our reports and coming to the, the, the case to find the body, that the lid was blocked. Or just don't include it. Or just yeah. say, I don't know, I can't confirm it. It's really not that bad to just say, at this time, I don't know, instead of assuming an answer. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so, I love the feelings, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's valid. Like, he shouldn't that officer shouldn't have said anything if he didn't know anything 100%. So then we go back to our man, John, the crying guy, who is talking about how he had somebody go to Elisa's grave and film themselves touching her grave. I was like, homeboy. To give him closure. It's so weird. He needs to get, like, it's really strange. I don't, I don't. You never met her. You don't know her. Like, I'm sorry, but it's like close to being like fetish sounding. Yeah, it's like it's like the way that people idolize celebrities. Um, and she's she wasn't a celebrity. <laughs> you know, she's somebody that died. It's not a. 
I don't know. It's it's he has such a weird obsession with her. I anyway, just, so- he might not need to get checked out for for he might need to get checked out because there is something not okay with such obsessive behavior and the amount of time and money he dedicated to going to the hotel that many times to investigate it, mm-hmm. the amount of hours he put into it, and then having a friend go and needing to physically touch the grave to make just peace no. with the fact that she's gone for a person you never met super weird um so yeah people are saying then we get people talking about how it's easier to uh say that there was a that there was a killer or some kind of conspiracy um than to accept the reality of what probably happened and uh the deeper you get into it the more you lose your perspective about uh that you're dealing with some you're dealing with somebody who's or you're dealing with a real person, person a real family and that your your theories and stuff could affect um could affect them mm-hmm. so and then we also get into the fact that morbid pointed out that like people need to take responsibility for the, what they say and do especially right. when accusing people that right. you the things you say and do have <clears throat> influence on other people around you um mm-hmm. And yes, I understand that I did just say that about John, that maybe he needs to go get checked out, but that's out of love because there's, there's, just, there's a lot of, that's, there's a lot of time and energy, dude. I'm just saying. Well, and like you said, it's, it's in this documentary, his commentary and everything he talks about comes across. Like he so knows her weird. and he, he acts like he knows her, like he met her. Yeah, and it's different. It's different about being a historian mm-hmm. than his his involvement in it. It's just so weird. It anyway, gives me bad vibes. Anyways, so um, on Jan- January first, twenty seventeen, the Cecil closed their doors. Um, the hotel was sold for eighty million dollars to people in New York City who run like hotels they have plans to revamp the hotel rebuild restructure it they want it to be half of it is low-income housing and the other half is a luxury hotel they want to put and this is the kicker a bar and and a pool on the hotel roof that is in poor taste my friends very poor taste um almost more poor taste than i have a dream dunkin donuts I have a cream. Um, <laughs> but it, it's yeah. like, you know, everyone knows the Cecil for this case right now, because yeah. this is what sticks out in a lot of our minds. So putting a weighted pool, a waiting pool on the roof where a potential suicide accident a murder happened, drowned. a woman drowned and died there. Yeah. The fact that you're going to then put a pool there for people to party and get drunk is, like, just real, real not cool. Just really not great idea. Anna says money talks. Yeah, you know what? That is fair, I guess. But at the same time. um, And, you know, they talk about how people want to remove human beings from Skid Row to clean up L.A. As they will forever do because like Anna says, money, money speaks. Um, so, but the question is like, where are they planning on putting these people? Like these people don't just disappear. They need to go somewhere. So if you 
push them out of one area, they're going to repopulate in a different area. Right. And, and that's kind of how Skid Row happened in the first place was yes. that they were just trying to push homeless people out uh-huh. of other areas of LA. Yes. And the homeless are not the issue. The fact that we as a country and as human beings cannot help to provide a better, cleaner, safer place to take care of these people is the real ultimate issue. And I think that that's honestly one of the things that drives me the craziest is that someone bought this hotel for $80 million. Imagine what $80 million could do for Skid Row, for helping the homeless, for, you know, making this a healthier, safer place, whether it's like, you know, giving people the 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 steps that they need to get clean if they want to or at least like providing a clean area for them to you know use clean needles and not be sharing needles and a Mm -hmm. place for them to eat and sleep at the end of the day like not every homeless person is is bad like you know like I think a lot of people assume that they did something wrong to get to that place like and that's absolutely not true no exactly and and it's so it really is so sad that we're so desensitized to it that we 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 no longer are empathetic and we need to remember that these are human beings that no matter what has happened to them that has led them to drugs or alcohol or psychotic breaks that they deserve a little piece of kindness you know right And, um, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say things like housing should be basic, should be a basic human, right? Yes. Um, Humans should not be denied access to housing because of a, because of a financial situation or any, anything, any kind of other personal details. Uh, Mm -hmm. Access to housing, food, um, clothing, the basic necessities, that should be human rights. You know, people should be able to access that. In this country, we have a serious problem with believing that you have to earn things that should be basic human rights. Um, Yeah. Anyway, fuck, fuck this country. Yeah. Um, But so they kind of... USA sponsor us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so they kind of end it with some of um, Elisa's... This isn't going to get canceled. No. uh, That Elisa's uh, Tumblr post saying, like, depression sucks. Like, if you know somebody who has a mental illness, remind them every day that it will get better um, because there's nothing else that you really can do for them. She, you know, and she as a person, like, she was really doing the best that she can. And she wrote at one point, like, I'm more than a professional depressed person. Like, I'm full of so much more. I'm full of love. And a lot of people still go to her Tumblr posts to this day. You can still go on and read all of um, her posts. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it's like novella dash something something, but I, I'm pretty sure you could probably just type in Elisa Lamb Tumblr, Tumblr and it would probably come up. Um, yeah. But um, <clears throat> like she was a really good writer. Like she, you know, really put to paper what a lot of people with mental illness feel and don't feel comfortable sharing or only share in private. And like you said, representation is really important. And sadly, this is a really sad ending um, to someone's life. But um, she, luckily, we like still have her writings. And a lot of people see her as being like this brilliant writer that we lost along the way, but that people still turn to, to feel understood and feel like they belong um, and not to give up at, at some point in time. Right. 
that she 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 has a lasting impact as somebody who could who could provide help to people or or provide um um who could provide help to people or provide a representation for people who are going through the same thing mm -hmm. um and to finish it off we'll go ahead and i'm going to go ahead and share the suicide the national suicide prevention lifeline which mm -hmm. is 800-273-8255 um you can also chat online at their official website, which is suicidepreventionlifeline.org if you don't want to call. Um, but I just, but yeah, just to share that because we did talk a lot about mental illness and the severity of it. Mm -hmm. um, that is, and, and how lonely it can feel to be, to, to struggle with this. And this was um, prior to COVID. So, yeah. you know, this is a time that a lot of people are struggling and, you know, luckily there are like check in if you have health care, if you are lucky enough to ha have health care, check in with your health care providers, because a lot of times they are um, waiving the copay for therapy right now um, through, yep. through a lot of companies. So make sure that you're you know what resources you have um, and, you know, use them. It makes a load of difference. Um, mm -hmm. So that I'm glad that we said that. Abby, your your last thoughts on the Cecil Hotel. <laughs> my final my final thoughts. Okay. So here's you've the been sharing them the whole time. <laughs> I've been sharing them the whole time, but here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to say. Um the Cecil Hotel is trying to rebrand itself. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get a reputation. They're trying to reestablish a different reputation so that when they open back up eventually, which they were supposed to open back up by by 2021, mm. um, obviously pandemic has interfered with that. And so there isn't an official uh, date for them to open. Um, but it is it is under construction and being renovated and all that stuff. Um so are you trying to tell me that you think that the Cecil Hotel owners had some part in the publishing of the Netflix documentary? I'm not saying they necessarily had a part in it. I'm saying that. You're, but you're not saying that they didn't. I'm, saying that they, I'm saying that the hotel is trying to rebrand itself. And a good way to rebrand themselves is to to go on and talk about one of their most infamous, uh, one of the most infamous cases that has ever occurred there. At least and the thing that they can I, change. They can't change the Night Stalker. Right, right. <laughs> and to be able to go, go on record and say, this wasn't our fault. Mm. Um and this this is all just a big misunderstanding kind of thing. Um, it's convenient for for the hotel to to go on and uh, have this documentary come out and say that it's convenient for them. And that that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, and again, I feel like there's a huge bias with mental illness. I feel like uh, there's a huge bias with um, especially like especially really stigmatized disorders, schizophrenia, bipolar, uh, bipolar, those mm -hmm. are, those are really stigmatized. Anybody yeah. who experiences psychosis or psychotic episodes, um, those are, those are stigmatized things. So to, I feel like there, there could have absolutely been a bias there um, that could have affected the way that the the determinations are made in this case. I'm not saying that I definitely fully believe that she was murdered or whatnot, but I believe that it's unfair to completely rule out that possibility. 
because okay. there wasn't enough evidence to suggest one way or the other. Um, for myself, I, like I said in the beginning, I went into this case being like, she was murdered. There was somebody else involved. Like, I kind of also believed that there was like information that wasn't shared, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. After watching the documentary, I do have to say that going into it being convinced one way and walking out feeling convinced the other way it's interesting I'm not saying it's perfect because not everything is going to be all nice and pretty and tied up in a bow I just don't see a motive for anyone in particular for leading for leading to killing her there's if if there's no evidence of sexual assault not saying that like based on the information that was presented to me and not further research um based on no evidence of sexual assault not that there you know was anything like sexual gratification not that can be seen I and also understanding that I feel off when I'm not taking my meds that it's very common when traveling that I forget to take my meds and it influences how I perceive things. I find that when I'm not taking my meds, I get very testy very easily. Easily, mm-hmm. I get very mad. I get very tired. I want to be left alone. I I shove people away really when I'm I'm honestly not taking my meds, and it's not a good feeling. And that's honestly typically how I remember. I'm like, why do I feel like this? It's either one, my period, or two, I didn't take my meds. Yeah. Um, right. But, um. But which honestly is like, oh, that's a good reminder. But I I think that this is, I think being in a new environment, not being on meds, having a manic episode could have, it all has influence in my opinion, not having had experience with anyone with bipolar one. Um, it, it, I do go into it going, okay, I understand that not everybody, you know, is going to react the same way and that it's it, it's not in a perfect laboratory setting mm-hmm. but it did it it didn't not make sense to me for someone who when they are having an episode become paranoid and try to hide they could hide in their room but also other people know where their room is and i think that also leaving those notes of go away go mm-hmm. home like make a lot of sense of thinking like you if you think someone's chasing you and you don't know who that person is with that paranoia that it would make sense to go for the people that you do know and you know the hotel knew where she was she was no longer in that room with the other people it would make sense if you were resorting back into yourself to say what is the safest place that no one would think to find me the roof maybe I'll crawl in here or maybe, you know, maybe she like went to go peek her head in and fell in. I'm just saying, I don't know. Right. But at this point in time, there's no reason to guarantee that something horrible happened to her involving another person when sadly it could have just as easily been something that was a complete accident. And it's easier, like they said, to accept something brutal to happen to someone especially when they're young than Mm -hmm. accepting the fact that it could have simply been a horrible accident absolutely and 
the other side of that is that people with mental illness are more likely to be victims of crimes than they mm -hmm. are to um, commit crimes. Or, yes. or not that I'm saying she committed a crime, but um, I'm saying they're more likely to be victims of crimes, right? Yes. Um, but if, if you're if you're talking about one, you need to talk about the other two. So I get that. Right. So it's absolutely possible. Um, I think that there's there's absolutely um, she was in a very vulnerable state and could have been somebody could have noticed that and and taken advantage of that vulnerable state and she could have been manipulated into going up there um it's not it's not entirely there isn't a clear-cut answer in my opinion there isn't a clear-cut answer and i don't think that there ever will be and there never will be and that's and that's okay whether whatever you believe is what uh what it, you you're in your right to believe that um just as long as we are remembering that she was a human being and at the end of the day it's really it's just an unfortunate it's an unfortunate situation that she died mm -hmm. she, was young. she was young and and she had a lot of potential and she she died and it's it's sad and yeah. no matter no matter what your thought process is like yeah. it's sad no matter what that someone was taken from us so soon especially with their hunger to be something more see more of the world and mm -hmm. only get a small taste of that before their life came to an end right so there we go that is the the vanishing at the cecil hotel and uh that was a doozy yeah <laughs> Yeah, that that one like I think that we tried to keep the humor and like the joking around um, yeah. throughout the episode, but at the end of the day, as they said, no matter what you no matter what you believe, the the truth hurts no matter what. Like mm -hmm. she's gone, we don't get to get her back. We don't get to know the answers. Her family doesn't doesn't get to have her back, and um we get to move on with our lives and sadly she does not so um yep but <sighs> but I, I do say it is a very good documentary um highly recommend watching it um if you get the chance if you haven't already watched it I feel like so many people who are into true crime are like yeah. mm -hmm. I had to watch it the first week. Like it was one of the top trending for like the week it came out. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was still top trending right now, but anywho, Abby, what are some of your positive vibes? Uh, so we can bring the bat mood back. Yes. Okay. So just a clump of cat hair on my blanket. Um, positive vibes i took a nap today that's my positive vibe what does your shirt say by the way it says um always be yourself unless you can be an alpaca <sighs> alpaca hey you um but i love that at the same time so you took a nap took a nap today feeling great uh from that nap and having a grand old time oh good um, oh good yeah, and my posy vibes is also that uh, we're going to record later a, a junk dive, and that's going to be really fun. And I have, in addition to the Zach 
Baggin mm-hmm. uh, ghost adventure Cecil Hotel thing. I also found a uh, a person on YouTube who lives across the street from the hotel. Bless you, Anna. And I also found. <laughs> And I also found um, a a guy on YouTube who lives across the street from the Cecil Hotel and uh, has flown a drone into the hotel, into an open window, because he lives across the street and he has had some paranormal experiences himself. I'm just, a, I'm just imagining him just like driving the flo- the drone in and someone just happens to be in there and gets hit straight in the face with the drone. <laughs> so actually the first time that he tried to fly a drone in there, he hit the wall and the drone, <laughs> the drone hit the wall and oh, broke. Oh no. Drones are and expensive. So, At least right, they were. So he was like, okay, I have to save up money to get a new drone so I could do it again. And I believe he has gotten a new drone. And oh, he shit, again, dude. So. Oh. Impressive, impressive. Um, oh, um, well, that's good. Um, I'm also very excited for that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and also just some quick reminders. Um, well, when this comes out, we'll be announcing the winner for our uh, $25 gift card Yay! Um, to Coffee Shop Choice. So make sure you congratulations check- yep. to the winner. <laughs> to the winner. Uh, make sure that you check our social media for the winner and um, we'll be in contact with you probably via direct message um, so that uh, we can get your information and get you your gift card. Um, please also make sure that you follow us on all of our pages. So like we mentioned before, the our live reaction um, with each other watching the ghost adventures of the Cecil Hotel um, yes. is going to be on our Patreon. So make sure that if you want to see that, that you subscribe and become a Patreon. Yeah. Um, member and then and that you just look up uh, crime slot caffeinated podcast um and you know uh the cop what what is our instagram at caffeinated crime and our twitter is at cwc pod make sure to give us a follow you can send us an email at uh crimes while caffeinated at gmail.com we are we, lately, we have been posting um, every Saturday. We've been posting Catterday posts. If you have a cat that you want featured for Catterday, um, tag us in a picture of them or send us a picture. We would love to feature them. Try try to prove me that your cat is cuter than my cat. <laughs> Leo is king. But anyways. Um, Leo is the mascot. <clears throat> he's the mascot. Um, and then also... Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel that doesn't have anything on it because we need we are yes we want to post the full videos of um of our web web series obviously we want you guys to be able to see the goofiness um, that goes along with everything but in order to post something over an hour we need over a hundred thousand subscribers um, also don't forget to share with your friends and family i'd like to say that we are a good load of fun maybe it's just abby and i but um yeah if you if you like yeah 
share with your friends and family. Share if you with like your, us, share. Share with your local your local coffee drinkers. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, your your, little, your your local true crime friends. Anything. So yeah. yeah. And as always, take, take your meds. meds. Take your meds. Bye. Bye.